Hello, and welcome to Everybody's Bad With Money. I'm AJ, here to introduce my very good friend, Dr. Laura Gray, CEM, MS, founder of Metagration. Laura is a visionary scientist who loves her mom and Hugh Chocolates and isn't sure which one she loves more. Laura is a medical intuitive with a clinical practice in Boston and starting another in Nashville. She's the creator of Walk the Talk, 90-minute conscious therapy sessions walking on the Charles River. Since she was a child, she had a ferocious appetite for exploring consciousness. Today, she devotes herself to helping others understand its true meaning, the powerful role energy plays in our life, and how we can all tap into consciousness to improve any situation we face. Laura has received a doctorate in natural medicine, a master's of science in veterinary medicine, a certification in energy medicine, and a PhD, which focuses on consciousness and quantum medicine. She has been described by those closest to her as a super cool consciousness geek. Though Laura is a nutritional health advocate, her voracious appetite also includes winning a chicken wing eating contest her senior year of college before transversing into 18 years as a vegetarian. Besides eating wings and studying consciousness, Laura is a deeply devoted environmentalist, mother, and a walking companion to her dog, Henry. Laura can be reached at laura at lauragray.com. Visit her website, www.medigration.com. That will all be listed in the show notes. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Everybody's Bad With Money, where we share stories and get real about personal finance. We make money talk fun. I'm Amelie. And I'm AJ, and we have a very, very special near and dear to my heart guest today, Laura Gray. Um, I want to dive in to your money story and something that we believe is that we think that your money story stems from your childhood. So as far back as you're willing to take us, we'd love to hear about you. Sure. I, I actually, I forgot to say before that, that I would love to just tell the quick, because I think this is important to the story of my money story and the story of how I look at money energetically as to um, the amazing, amazing story about AJ and uh, me meeting for the yes. first time. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad you did this. I feel like I always bring that up like casually in the conversation and I'm so glad you want to tell it. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so it was back in 2011, and there was a. Um, it was it was called the Elephant Journal. I wasn't I wasn't on their newsletter, but for some reason, someone forwarded me, and it was an article, and it said why you should date a girl that travels. And so I just, I got caught and pulled into this article and the writer was amazing. I mean, she just wrote so eloquently and it, it did feel like she was defending something. And it turns out that um, someone else previously had written why you shouldn't date a girl that travels. And so mm -hmm. this was sort of an opinion as to why. And I read the whole thing and I looked down at the author's name and I said, I know I am going to meet her. I know I'm going to like become so connected to her. We're going to work together. We're going to do something really, really big. And that was in 2011. And um, so in 2017, November of 2017, I was at a small like conference um, about uh, astrology and your um, career, sort of how do you blend your astrology and your career together? And uh, they introduced the yoga instructor and she came out and they said, and this is AJ Wilbrum. And I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I literally stopped the entire introduction. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. I read your article in 2011 and I knew we were going to meet and we, we like, we were the best buddies that weekend and nobody, like everybody was like, what is up with the two of them? <laughs> like, mischievous kids in the playground, just like causing havoc. It was, but like in like a very like innocent way, it was, I, I'll never, I mean, literally when she came up to me and she was like, I, I knew you as Alexandra. Cause that's how I put my name in the thing. And you're like, I yes. Alexandra. Um, but I knew I was going to meet you. I read your article um, and I knew we were going to meet and we were going to work together one day. Bye. And then you walked away. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. 
Yeah. That's, inc- it, that's an incredible story. Truly. It was, like it gives me like goosebumps. Yeah. It's, it's really cool because it, it brings, it introduces the, the realm of where I work, which is in the mm. intuitive world. And intuitively I knew six years before I met AJ that I would meet her. Um, and so that does, um, it sort of links to the, the, bigger piece of what we'll be talking about, but let me tell my money story. Um, I, I definitely have, um, a pretty easeful money story, I would say. So, uh, one of the things I was actually talking to my mom, um, about sort of money. My mom was the vice president of a large credit reporting agency when I was a child. And so the take home was you, you never, never, spend more than what you can pay off at the end of the month. That actually a credit card is just a transactional vehicle. Um, It's not a loan, it's not anything that it's, you're just using it because it's an easier transaction to make. So that was really drummed into my head and I definitely got that. I have paid off, there hasn't been ever a month where I haven't paid off a bill Um, and I think the I think my deepest money story goes back to my great grandfather Adolf Deutsch, who came over from Germany, and he uh, worked on a farm, and then he opened the Deutsch Brothers Furniture Company in New York City, and became a multimillionaire. And wow. he was um, the stock market crashed in 1929, and. I think this piece, I don't, you know, it sort of handed out everything else about the story. I don't know the number of employees that he had. I think it was either 70 or 170 families employed. And he continued to pay them uh, for two years while nobody was buying anything and the stock market crashed. And he paid out of his own personal um, account. You know, he, there was nothing coming in. And so, Uh, that I think is probably my personal, you know, my personal money story. And then that landed down into that. My parents had this pretend bucket. Um, and whenever they had issues, let's say that they were working with a contractor and the contractor, there was a disagreement and let's say it was a $5,000 disagreement. My, uh, my mom would just say, you know what, let's just, let's just take that $5,000 out of the bucket, that bucket. And they said that bucket had $10,000 in it, like a lifetime of $10,000. But it, I, my gosh, I don't know how many times they just allowed sort of money to be not an issue in a relationship. Um, mm. So I think that that is, which obviously is easier to do when money is easeful. Mm. So I, I would definitely say it's useful. That's so interesting. And then in your adult life, um, in your really romantic relationships, did money ever play? Was money useful? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it seems like I, well, I, I do know that one astrologer told me that I have the Cinderella star in India, in Indian astrology, um, where I just sort of pull very wealthy men to, to me. So there has just been, and I, I've always had this story that, um, you know, in, in this life, at least I have so many other things that I am working on and working with. And that's actually what I want to say is that, um, money may not be necessarily an issue, but giving away my energy and that issue, which I believe money is just a transactional paper for, uh, for your energy. So I would still put myself in the, yes, it's easeful. However, I still have energetic holes and leaks, um, major, major, major energetic holes and leaks, um, that I I seem to be able to pad with money somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, I think that's like a great way to dive into energy in general and what it is that you actually do because it's uh, when I try to explain what it is that you do I'm like she's a medical intuitive you know and then okay and people are like okay go on and I'm like she knows what's going on with you (laughs) based off of your past your present and your future yeah that's like a that's a um 
a B minus way of describing, maybe even C minus way. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, so please, can you, can you describe what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So I am a medical intuitive and I think the best way to describe it is, you know, the world is, we, if we look at the, the physical world and how astronomists and physicists describe it, it's 4% physical and 96% um, subtle. And so if you were to look at the body and our experiences, it's only 4% physical and the rest is 96% vibrational wavelengths um, that are invisible. Invisible doesn't not mean it's real. It's very real. We just don't have a microscope yet that it can see it, but we do because it's a human and humans can feel and experience those things. Um, and I have, um, been gifted with that ability uh, to feel that. I have a rare uh, disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, brittle bone disease, and it leaves me with 67% less collagen uh, than the average person, average woman my age. And instead of having that density in my bones and in my tissue and my ligaments and in my gut, all of that has space. Uh, there's just empty space. And in that empty space, it's like an echo chamber in my body. And I, um, I, one of the things I always want to say when I talk about this is we are all so deeply intuitive. Um, it is that your everybody with or without collagen are getting these messages. The only difference is this mine echoes in my body loud enough that I can hear it, but we are all getting those messages and getting out of the junk and moving the junk out of your body can get you tapped into your intuition. Right. So going into, how did you turn this into, um, like how did, how did you figure out that you had this gift? When did you realize you had this gift? And how did it move you into the career choices that you've made in the last, you know, 20 years, 30 years? Yeah. yeah. So I knew when I was really little, um, well, probably for the first eight years, you know, you never question if people are breathing like you're breathing or if, you know, their stomach works like your stomach. So probably for the first eight years, I just thought people felt differently when people moved, came into the room. You know, if someone sat next to me, my liver would start to, I could feel my liver or my stomach and then they'd walk away and I couldn't feel them. And um, so I just thought that was a part of life. Um, and then a really strange, um, it's a, a bunch of different situations where I would just check in with my mom and say like, this is happening. And she, you know, say like that, that's kind of strange. Like that doesn't, that doesn't happen with me. Um, or I would say something about someone and they would wonder how I knew that. And so it just became clear that I definitely had um, this ability and then it just grew. And then as we all do kind of in our late teens, early twenties, well, I shouldn't say as we all do, but most try to kind of fit into some normalcy. Um, and I didn't and couldn't. So I just decided not to be normal. And that felt a lot, a lot, a lot more comfortable. For me. Um, so that was at probably like 24 years old that I just was like, okay, my life in my trajectory is going to be different. Um, and then I, I thought I was going to actually do this with dogs. I went to, uh, I wanted to go to veterinary school. So I went and got a master's of science in veterinary science, uh, veterinary medicine. I thought I would actually help kidnapped and missing people that, you know, I'd get these bloodhounds and I'd intuitively work with these bloodhounds and wow. we would fly to the location where, you know, some, you know, like something like maybe 9-11, like, okay, is someone there? Um, so I sort of started down that path. Um, and then life did get normal for a while and I got married and had kids and, um, then picked up as a medical intuitive, uh, for people and went on. Wow. What, can you explain a little bit more about what a medical intuitive actually is? Like, what does that look like? How do you work with people and what does that actually feel like in your body and like how how can you help people 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> 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 uh, so sometimes it feels awful because, you know, one of the things is without, without s- bone and skin and skeleton for me, there's like a lack of boundaries. So you're really, mm. you're reading, your nervous system is, is reading and bringing that information in. And so, you know, a bad liver feels like a bad liver for three or four seconds in me, a bad stomach feels, mm. you know, you've got to get the hit. Um, it's gotten a lot easier as I've gotten older, because now I know how to like, get it, move it, you know, take it in and be done. Um, I work on so many different levels. I have people that come to me who don't know what's going on with them. They have been misdiagnosed or they just can't get a diagnosis. I get referrals from doctors and things like that. Um, Or I have people who actually know what their condition is, but they don't know the link to their unconscious. And that's really my expertise is, so you have an ulcer, what in your unconscious or conscious, what in your life has created that issue in your body? Because our bodies are really a whiteboard. They are the whiteboard that our psyche manifests on. And they are there to tell us what it is that's going on in our psyche. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love um, it. <laughs> whenever, whenever Laura and I hang out, not whenever, not always, but like, if one of us has something going on, like Laura will be like, I don't want you to feel my nose because she knows. <laughs> and you know, Laura for me was like one, of, she was probably one of the most validating experiences of my life because mm. she was like, I think that's why we like, when we connected, it was so powerful because I, I knew this was, in, I, I had such similar qualities to Laura, but I never had anybody attri- like acknowledge and recognize it and see it in me. And then I could play, I could play the part that I've always been destined to have, but I only, and in a way that Laura was able to see, and then I was able to manifest, you know, cause I was like, oh wait, I'm impermeable too. Like I'm water too. And if you look at my chart, you would know I'm all water. And, and, um, and, but yeah, it's so funny when we're like, don't feel that. Like, don't, don't go and see, don't, <laughs> don't see me. Like, don't, 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 yeah, don't. Or, and you know, and like, and it's so funny when you, if you call Laura for like, if I call her and I'm like, Hey, I want to ask you about this advice on something. She'll like go and go into the other person. And I'm like, and I have to remember that, that she will, that it's so it's easy for her to do that, but also to respect her boundaries and be like, Oh wait, no don't do that or do that. Or like, Oh wait, that's such a great perspective. And it, and it helps you like, for example, if I'm working with somebody and I'm like, we're having a lot of conflict, she'll go into the other person's energy and just be like, okay, I see where the cord is between you two. And how does this make you feel? And like, this is rubber, you know, and also the database of remembering absolutely everything, mm. you know, about somebody. I mean, you really invest a lot in your relationships Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also um, it's, it's interesting because I I always just want to make um, I I sort of want to clarify because um, it's important. I actually don't go into the other person's energy field. Mm. Um, So I am, I'm bringing it within my own body, inviting Mm. it in. So um, I just, that, and that's important only because going into other people's energy fields is um, really violating. So it's, uh, it is definitely when I'm doing it, I'm just pulling, I'm just saying like, bring that energy in and somewhere there's a file in my system that is parallel to the file in their system. And then I can pull that information. So it's, um, it's really cool. And it's, it's sort of, um, you know, it's either the canary in the coal mine, sort of feeling those things, you know, being really super sensitive, or the princess and the pea and being able to get to the different levels of, um, you know, feeling something so small, so many layers down. Yeah, that's Mm. such a much better way of of putting that it's just like oh it's you I think you let's talk about consciousness and yes yes because that's our one of our favorite combos our <laughs> conversation you're one of your genius yes. in consciousness and I think that that could be a really interesting way to tie in everything we've just been talking about so what is consciousness and um and how and how do you how would you describe consciousness in your body? 
Oh my gosh, that's it is so funny. You know, I have a doctorate um, and a, and a PhD, like all revolving around consciousness. And when you said what's consciousness, I'm like, oh my god, I can't answer that. Like, <laughs> like, it is it is definitely the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, it's so so crazy. I feel like I know so much less than when I started. <laughs> But if I were to say what consciousness is, if I were to really talk about it, it is, again, going back to the vision of imagining that in your body, you know, we're made of more, you know, somewhere between 50 and 100 trillion cells, and those cells have a physicality to them. And we know that we vibrate. And so if we are vibrating, we have to be vibrating. To vibrate, you need space. So every a proton, electron, neutron, they're all vibrating. And so they're vibrating in space and that space is consciousness. So is the physicality. Everything is consciousness. Um, AJ and I have talked about a lot where, you know, I don't see, I, I don't see the world as like, oh, I'm having a spiritual experience or I'm having a physical, you know, every single solitary thing is part of consciousness. There's really no separation. Um, there are planes that you can experience these things in, meaning that you can slide your consciousness to an area of awareness. That area of awareness is not on or off. It is going nonstop. Just like when you turn your TV on, it's not like, you know, somebody's like, oh my gosh, Laura Gray just turned her TV on. We've got to start sending, you know, NBC to her TV. Mm. Like, no, it's there. It's going nonstop. It's a feed that's going nonstop. So um, when you turn your channel, and I would say going with that metaphor, you know, if you are that or like the internet, you will, you, the more conscious you are, the more and more and more, um, channels, sites, you know, the more you have an availability to know. And then um, when you get really good, you can have those streams streaming into you nonstop. Um, and that's, that's really the difference. That's flow. Um, you know, that's where we're evolving to is that you're not just in one channel, you're just in this unbelievable flow that all of these channels are streaming but you're not overwhelmed. Right. You know, because you're grounded in your body. And that's a big, big difference between sort of what I, um, what I teach and what I, uh, where, how I live is to be deeply grounded and have consciousness, knowing consciousness is right inside you, moving inside you. We are a microcosm of the macrocosm. Yeah. I feel like that is so counterintuitive to the yoga world, um, which has been, you know, it's so funny where we met in a way, in an essence, you know, in the astrology yoga worlds and, but that, that disconnect to body, it was like, I'm going to go be spiritual. And I also need this thing to be spiritual where you were like, I'm spiritual 24 seven. There's no difference between yep. the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Yeah. Um, and so how did, how do you um, embody? So I think this, the tying in of what, of that, the more consciousness you have, the more, you know, the more you can channel in. So how does that come into metagration? What is metagration and how did you um, create metagration? Yeah, sure. And, and also that we could say also the more that it really addresses abundance and money. Yes. Um, and where, you know, I like, just love when I saw that your first podcast, everybody's bad at money. I just loved that because I thought, you know, what abundance is, what bad with money is, is that, you know, money is the transactional physical realm. Um, and, you know, it's a physical realm and people who are focused and really, really living in that physical realm do really well. Um, you know, making money. Uh, but there, is, there are people, and I'm, I'm so incredibly excited about this grand conjunction in Saturn and Jupiter moving into Aquarius on Monday, uh, the 21st. 
because the that is a shift. We have been 200 years of physical world uh, focus, which is awesome because it's part where you know the physical world will still be important. But we are coming into a time when when the emotional and the um, intellectual worlds, uh, the things that people really want to, and that many, many, many of us have struggled to manifest and materialize because we live in the, we, we live and have access to those invisible, that invisible world. Um, and it's what we have found to be important. Uh, and so it's been a struggle for many, many of us to, to find that, to how to bring that down, number one, and number two is how to find uh, value in it. So it's, um, mm. it's a really, really, really exciting world. Um, as, as long as there isn't a massive data grab that, you know, people's intelligence and their, and all of that comes in, as long as there's not that, um, it'll be a really beautiful time for individuals to be able to find their value and make money from things that are, um, are unique to their vibrational knowing that they're going to be able to pull consciousness through their body and manifest and materialize that in the world and make money. Why do you wow. think people don't value money or overvalue money? So I think that because money has been neither right or wrong attributed to owning physical things, property, um, that's how it's displayed. Um, it is a really, um, a, a really physical experience. So when people are physical in nature, and that's what has brought them safety and security, they are going to stay on that 4% and they are just going to be working the physical world. And then when people are either emotional or have a, um, a, a deeper consciousness about what's really the real picture, the bigger picture of what's the world, it, you start to really recognize like, oh my gosh, the physical world, you know, this is 4%. Like, like this is just crazy. Like I can't have that be what's important yet. This is how I have to survive. I mean, this is the reality. I want food and, and all of those things. And I think that, you know, money became important because the collective made it important. You know, consciousness creates reality and the collective made money and physical pieces important. And so it has been a brainwashing. I can tell you that if you took babies and put them on their own islands, they, you know, maybe three of 100 babies would be like, I want to build a tower and I want to build this. You know, they would just be playing with flowers and grinding them together and doing whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it's so I think it's the collective has created that. But like I was saying, the collective is ready to create something so, so, so much more expansive. That's amazing. And then going back to, to Metagration, can you talk about that a little bit and how that came about and what exactly you do? Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. No, no, you're that fine. <laughs> I love that tangent. That yeah. was like, I needed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Metagration is uh, a it is my online streaming meditation site. And it came about because when I was 18 years old and I was in college, I ended up with a terrible, terrible um, OCD condition, mm -hmm. obsessive compulsive disorder. I worked at a yogurt store right outside of the campus. So it was like super social. I got all my social interaction from there. And, um, but at night at 11 o'clock at night, I would have to uh, close the store down by myself and I would go and I'd lock the door and I would start to walk to my car and um, like two feet away from the door, I would just get that unbelievable fear that the door was, that I didn't lock it. And it was totally linked in some strange way to that if I didn't leave the, if I didn't lock the door, my mom would die. 
And it had nothing to do with that. I'd lose my job or people would break into the store or anything. It was just this random that if I did this, the butterfly wings would just land and mm. somehow. Um, and so anyway, I was um, a, a journalism and biology major. And so I went in to the library and it was 1986, the SSRI um, serotonin up reuptake inhibitors were just getting on the market. And I, I started reading about OCD and they talked about that this was a condition that we didn't see in young children. And I thought, oh my God, I created this in myself. I can discreate it. Mm. That was that was the beginning of metagration. When I just at 18 years old said, I am creating the electrical and chemical um, experiences in my body and I can discreate, I can change them. This is wiring and I can move into my body. And so I just lay, I used my OCD and spent 90 minutes and said I would do it for 90 days, um, 90 minutes, 90 days. And that I knew I'd lock myself into once I said it. Uh, and I started just in my mind's eye imagining putting a Lego in and blocking the serotonin receptors so that more serotonin would go. And 16 days later, I walked to that yogurt sh shop and locked the door and walked to my car. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am on to something. Then I just wow. started rewiring everything. And then I started to like try to rewire plants that were dying. And I did that. And I started talking to plants and talking to animals and just like, oh, wow, we can do this. We can, you can change this dog. You can fix your hip. Um, wow. That also, you also did that with your son for something else, right? Yes. Yeah. So that? then it moved. Yep. My son was um, born, you know, neurally normal. And then um, he did get an MMR vaccination and then did um, end up slipping into autism, sort of losing his language about five days later. I'm, I am not necessarily sure that that's where it happened, but for us, that's what happened is after his MMR. Um, and I began like 40 hours a week, just rewiring his brain, just literally in my mind, trying to have him rewire my brain or re him in my brain, rewire his brain. Um, and have him sort of attuned to my wiring. And then um, my sister in July, 2015 was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer and with 19 tumors in her brain and four tumors in her lungs. And I brought 17 people, friends and family Thursday nights um, for over a year where we would just move in. And in those cases we did with her, um, you know, with her allowance, she, you know, she said, come into my brain. We went in and, you know, shrank the tumors and changed her immune system. And she is cancer free six years wow. later. So it's really, really, or she's tumor free. Wow. I guess they don't call it cancer free, but she's tumor free living a great life. Um, so that's when I decided I've really got to make this available for people. So metagration is um, you can go on and you can look at look up any of your conditions. If you there's an immune series, there's a hypothyroid series, there's an anxiety series. Um, there's all these different series, and they're they're like albums on like iTunes where you listen. You can listen to seven or eight medications that specifically bring you into the areas in your body, and you use your consciousness to change your physiology. Wow. I'm <laughs> um, like, I'm not as like, I mean, it was pretty life-changing for Brett. He, um, right when we started dating, he, yes. um, he punctured his eardrum and Brett loves music. Like it's his passion. And so I immediately hooked him up with Laura and she, she he would listen to her metagration every night and I, I can't remember if they said it wasn't going to heal, but like there was, I mean, there was a That's hole in his eardrum and, yep. uh, and he doesn't have it anymore. It totally healed. Yeah, they did that with his, they said, this is not, you're going to live with this. Yeah. 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 They're like, Oh, it just might be like slightly impaired. You might get some back or whatever. Yeah. They were very like aloof, you know, which is also mm -hmm. like 
so traumatizing if you think you go to a doctor and they're like they're giving you like a a below average diet you know re- results of your trauma already they're like oh well you're just stuck with it it's like that's yeah and like and you. i think this is you know mitigation for me my plan is you know to sort of roll different levels of consciousness out over the next 20 years because it's it's so there are pieces of it that wouldn't necessarily um be understood in the mainstream as you start. But one of my my biggest pieces that I want people to understand is, you know, you, you've got this physical body and it's got chemicals in it and it's got electrical firing. And then there's all this space in between that. And that space has the ability to program. So you can have people who are so deep, deeply, deeply sick and, and sort of ensconced in some really terrible physical chemical issue. Um, And when you recognize that you have that ability to tap into the space in your body that has consciousness, that is connected to oneness and, and begin to vibrate at that level of consciousness, what that, that's what I'm saying is when you can actually vibrate as the space, if the space begins to vibrate in the way that you set an intention to vibrate, then the rest of your cells begin to vibrate that way. The physical part of your cells begins to vibrate. So I think that's, <laughs> to answer two questions back, that's how I would describe consciousness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so how does money feel in the body mm-hmm. and where does it live in the body? Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited about those. Um, so I'm going to try not to get all like nerdy brainiac about the body and ATP and the cycles of energy and things like that. But if we do look at money, it, money, it is, it's definitely because of the way society has created its relationship with money. And let's go, if I can talk about energy instead, that's so much easier for me to language. So for everybody, just translate that into uh, money. Uh, So when we come into the world, we just have this experience of abundance. We don't know that the tree isn't part of us. We haven't identified and separated that that brown thing in front of us is going to be separate and be called a tree. So it's just a flowing experience and that flowing experience is vibrating within the being of that baby. And then what happens is somewhere along the way, there is a place where we lose that abundant ability. Uh, Some of us lose the ability to tap into that. And so energy then becomes something that we think we are, that is not abundant and we begin to steal energy. I mean, people are just, you, you've heard of everybody's like, oh my gosh, they suck the life out of me. You know, that kind of a thing. Like if the, uh, she steals my energy. And I mean, that is just an unbelievable. And then you have people who are, um, you know, uh, parasitic who take energy. And then there's the, oh, what's the other? I always forget it. I have it in like a list of words that I always forget. It's when it's not parasitic, but it's when two organisms um, are, uh, they work well. Oh, oh, um, it's from, uh, not symbiotic, but it's the, yes, symbiotic, symbiotic. Yep. Nice. So you can have, (laughs) that was awesome. Nice job. Nice job. So you have symbiotic relationships where those energies, you know, that's a really nice balanced energy. So what happens though, is um, usually, energy, the, the, the taking of energy tends to come from the third chakra. Um, and it can come from anywhere. I mean, it really can come cellularly, but most people feel like they lose it in their, um, by their ribs, their pancreas, their liver, those areas. When you, when you have the experience of a fear of money, a fear or loss of money or not having enough or a fear or loss of energy. That is where you usually feel it. Um, The second place that you would feel it is right underneath your sternum where your thymus is because your thymus, when people say that we grab our, our hearts, we're actually covering our thymus and our thymus is what 
differentiates us between self and other. It's where our immune system really begins and is schooled. Um, so I think there, you know, probably, I, I have no idea what the number is, but there's a certain estimation of people who I think are sort of coming from future time, you know, this, remember in space and time, we're not, um, you know, that's part of the physical world is, yeah, we're here right now. But if we really kind of move that away, there's a space and time where we have people who are coming from a time where energy, there's no question that energy is abundant. And those tend to be the people who are really have such difficulty making money such difficulty holding on to their energy because they don't realize that everybody's swiping and stealing it and taking it. And they're completely tapped out at the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month. They have boundary issues because they are really coming from that. Then you add in that we are moving right now from a codependent evolution to an inter and intra-dependent evolution. And we're really we're really squeezing out that codependence, which um, creates a lot of energy theft. And, you know, I was just reading this unbelievable uh, visual capitalist. It's a great infographic site. And they uh, were saying one of their infographics were showing that women give 1.1 trillion hours of unpaid effort and care more than men per year globally. 1.1 trillion hours. I couldn't, I didn't have a calculator big enough to figure out what that was <laughs> per, per person. I wanted to do that before this. That blew me away. Oh, and I believe that. Yeah. Yes. Wholeheartedly. And so no wonder we struggle with value. What we do and give, literally, we are giving away for free. Um, so, you know, a lot of what we do. And um, so that that's an energy take. That's an energy pull. That's an energy loss. Leaking energy tends to happen in that third chakra. It also happens here. Um, but that's more uh, when you when you have uh, leaking of your fifth chakra, that's more of a control issue than a loss of energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then second chakra, your second chakra, which really kind of manages emotions, money, and sexuality. Um, and you can be this unbelievable, you know, that energy should move up, be blended with your heart and move out into the world. And they get separated so we can have, you know, sort of people who are really emotional, people who are really focused on uh, money and then people who are, you know, addicted or really caught up in sex and let's expand sex to really sort of sexuality, sensuality, you know, all that luxurious kind of engagement with other. Um, going into the realm of, of time and space, um, how is money involved in past lives um and how how can you tell the lessons you're meant to learn in this life from your past lives that's a, yeah that's a great question and I, I there's probably so many other experts on past lives i um i i know a little bit i think what i can see mostly is that we have ancestral you know we we are born into an ancestral lineage that can have certain money issues um i believe that you can move right into your dna right into that and erase those you know that's that's the thing that you can just if that's why meditation and being present with your body you can just move those um, energies. It's, it's just, it's, it's energy. It's just a form of vibrational energy. So, uh, that's what I would do as far as ancestral lineage, you know, and it might take an hour a day for, you know, maybe a year even, but you can do it and you will change that. Karmic, ah, boy. Um, you know, I think you can look at a chart 
uh, at an astrology chart and see people who are definitely, it's going to be easier for them to make money in this life and more difficult. Um, the second house is your own resources. So if you've got sort of a conflict going on in your second house, there's work for you there about what is your own resource. Um, and then the eighth house is uh, joint resources. And so if you've got um, good or bad, um, you know, that's, you know, that, that would be um, one way. For instance, I know someone who um, makes a lot of money, uh, but his eighth house, it has where he's just got a huge hole. And so it's like people just line up for that money to just be dumped out of him, you know? So his work is like, plug the holes, plug the holes. Um, so, so that I think is probably the here and now and being present with, I am this vibrational being and how do I change my vibration? And I can change that about money, energy, health, whatever it may be. And what does that actually look like? So if somebody's listening and they want to start to do this work, where should they start and how can they kind of tap into themselves? Well, so there's a bunch, you know, I am going to, I'll talk about two people that I think um, have this, a, a really good method. One is metagration. I think it's a really powerful method. Um, of moving in and getting into your body and learning how to change your physiology. Uh, and then there's another one who I think he's much more glamorous. I'm sort of, uh, you know, just like, let's do this, let's get in, let's get that done. Um, but Dr. Joe Dispenza um, mm. is, is really, really, um, really good at that. He, um, whether he says it or not, I'm not really sure. I think I go on to say that I believe, um, and I would argue like to my death that cells have consciousness. Um, mm. You know, that, that we were not, I mean, part of our bodies were like put together. They were communities that started living together as part of us. You know, the bacteria that's on us had their own life before they decided to hang out with us as humans. And now they are, oh no, AJ, what's that word again? Symbiotic. Symbiotic with our bodies. <laughs> I always forget it. Um, so, you know, they are symbiotic. Um, so I would say um, I also do personalized medications where you can go in and I would medically intuit where money issues are, where they are in your body, um, where energetic leaks are, how to plug those up, both in the physical, the emotional, and the mental level. Um, and it is really about, um, coming into your body. I really think honestly, getting embodied is so huge, so, so huge, huge beyond like you can't, I don't think that anyone who's not embodied is going to be able to really come into their full wholeness. So yeah. that's. For That's sure. why I always say the yoga came first, then the money stuff came second, because yeah. I had no connection to my body. So there was no way that I could heal. Um, so in terms of illness, I have a, it's a twofold question. So the first part is when people are obsessed, like compulsive with money and only money and consuming, what illnesses arise for them? And then the opposite, someone who is totally disempowered with money, doesn't want anything to do with it, martyrs themselves, how does illness arise in their body? Great. Yeah, that's right. Though that's a great I love those questions. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so somebody who is um we'll just talk about greed. So those the the first group, the obsessed with money is going to be someone who is um hoards money, greeds money, takes in, I want more, 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 more. So they are going to um, likely have excretory issues. They will not excrete. They will, um, they could have liver issues. Uh, they might have a type, um, type two diabetes, which is holding on, the cells hold on to the sugar. You have plenty of insulin, but then your cells will not use that um, won't use the blood sugar to actually produce energy. So they may have a holding back energy. Um, 
So I would say liver, kidneys, diabetes, I am in no way saying that everyone with liver, kidney or diabetes are greedy money hoarding hounds, but those who are greedy money hoarding hounds or people who have issues (laughs) from fear um, are are going to have that. Um, And that is a piece before we move on to the next one is, you know, I have there's so much compassion because everybody, every single person in the world, the, the defenses that they create are just really from fear. Um, you know, I don't, I really don't believe that there are innately bad people. I think there are bad people, people who have sort of shifted their dynamic of their energy um, to take. Uh, but I don't think that that's necessarily um, what they were created as. And so that, that I would say, as far as people who are takers, I don't think they mean that in yes. a way. Okay. The person who is um, carefree about money um, and just like, whatever, maybe not grounded, not in their body, um, definitely nervous system issues, nervous system, anxiety, um, disassociation. Um, maybe you could see further down the line MS. So again, neurological, um, issues where, because our nervous system is about being in our body and being able to diagnose and be embodied, um, those who have, um, a disassociated relationship with money, um, really, really disassociated, that would be nervous system. You know, and we're talking about a spectrum because there are people who healthily don't care about money and there are people who healthily save and make sure they have enough money. So we're, we're just talking about so polar spectrums. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I'd love to come back full circle just because I'm interested and I think our listeners will be interested as well. But um, can you talk a little bit about yourself post-college? You mentioned that you have a doctor's degree and a PhD. Like what, what did that look like? And what did you do in your life that to lead you to this point? Yeah. So I, um, when I was intuiting things, people just thought I was strongly opinionated, you know, <laughs> that I was just bossy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you run the retreat or did the people who... <laughs> I love it. They, they needed some organizational help. <laughs> understatement, understatement. So... So when at first, what I just looked like is someone with opinions, not any kind of special information. And so I had no credibility Um, and people just believed me to be kind of loopy. And I was also really interested. How do I do this? What am I doing? How do I find this? And so it was both a credibility to the outside world that, that outside world reflection of lack of credibility, lack of credibility was such a hit to my sense of self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a child, I just knew what I knew. And then boom, I just went into like 15 years of, wait a second, nobody is listening to what I'm saying. And I've really got something here. I've got the kite tail. I may not have the kite, but I've got the tail of the kite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really wanted to understand consciousness And so I uh, started to just jump around in quantum theory. And then I had gone to Tufts Veterinary School for that um, master's in veterinary science. And I was trying to put something together. And this was back in 19, like 97, and I couldn't find anything. And then uh, there was a school that was offering um, doctorates in quantum medicine. And so I actually, this is such a great quick money story. So it was right at the end of my divorce. And um, 
we were dealing with putting uh, my kids in camp and I had always planned their summer camps. They're going to go here overnight, this blah, 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 blah. And we, I had made all the down payments for these camps from as our, our resources were split from my bank account. I had paid just being like, of course, you know, my almost to be ex-husband is going to pay for these because that's what the agreement had said. And we get closer and closer to the date and he completely, not only does he say, I'm not paying for any of these camps, which were like upward of $20,000 for both kids, for all, all, all the sleepovers and this and this and this, and I'm not sending them. You're not allowed to send them. So I had just started working, so I couldn't work because they were young. So I was at home with them. So I lost all my income for the summer and I lost all the deposits, which was, I think it was, I think that was like 16,000 of the whatever. And I was furious. I mean, I was furious and I thought, oh my gosh, I know enough about energy. I don't want to waste this rage. I do not want to mm. waste it just screaming. This is such, this is like, this could get me to the moon and back. Yeah. What <laughs> the do power I want to of do? rage? I yes. know people are so afraid of being angry and they're like, and anger is the greatest tool to get it shit is, done. It is amazing. And I was like, I got to bottle this thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold it in my body for a couple of days and like, just bring me something. And I literally the next day got an email that said, um, you know, uh, quantum university, uh, doctorates and PhDs. And I went, oh my God. And I said, I'm going to like double or nothing. So I'm going to take the amount of money I lost. And I, and, and it was the exact deposit that I needed for the school. So, wow. Yeah. It was the exact deposit that I needed for the school. Um, and I was blown away and that's how I, and I was, that pushed me over eight years to get both my doctorate and my PhD thinking back and the amount of like, you are not going to stop me. You are not going to stop me. Oh, wow. And Incredible. you just completed your last paper for your PhD, like the summer, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Wow, the congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So it was really, um, it was studying consciousness and the ability for the mind to change your body's physiology, the proof of consciousness and the ability for your mind to change, um, your change what's happening because this last, I'll say this last thing. If we think about when we were babies, there were, we would pick up a Cheerio and we couldn't get that Cheerio into our mouth. We had to create that neural line, that neural pathway. It's the same thing. We have a forest of those pathways in our body. So while we are focused on going out and picking up Cheerios, we can move in and create those same pathways and go into our liver, go into our kidneys, go into our stomach and pick and move and change that physiology. Wow. You know, when someone's an expert, when they can explain something to a child, in a way to a child of, <laughs> yeah. of something very complex, um, it's but that's so true. the yeah. gift of Laura Gray always. Thank you. Oh, what an incredible conversation. Is there oh. anything else that you'd like to share about this topic or any kind of last thoughts that you have before we, we have you promote yourself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... You know, I would just say that first and foremost, for all of those people who have been struggling, I do think we're coming into a greater and bigger and more powerful value of different attributes in people. Um, mm -hmm. the, the creative, the artists, all of those things are going to be much, much, much more powerful. This is my intuitive read. I think we are going to go through a, a more difficult time first where we are bound and, and the kind of our world, we are bound and gagged by not being able to express our individuality. And then there will be just a way that, you know, that, that individuality will kind of explode on the scene and become deeply, deeply valued. Um, so hang in there, everybody, because, um, you know, help is on the way. I think also knowing that, that truly you could sit and like AJ did meditation or 
like all of the different ways or not, you, you did yoga, like AJ did yoga, I did meditation. Um, you know, there are ways that you can change your physical world and life, laying in your bed, changing your vibration. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, I have chills as I have had through this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I warned her. Um, it I was, was like, you're going to love Laura. I mean, <laughs> just to like, just real quick about how I feel about Laura. I mean, you're in almost every day of my life, whether you're there or not. I mean, there. I, I posted something about a friend who said that I was a diamond selling myself in a, you know, in a 25 cent um box in like a bodega and that was you and and there and you're a huge part of why Brett's in my life because I was showered under your love when you were with um your partner at the time and I was like breathing in the I was literally embraced and like showered in that love like vibrationally and you gave me hope and it's just and also the recognition of self that like I had with that you recognize within me, something I always knew, like you said, you were in the dark for so long because no one was listening. And then to have you come in and be like, I'm listening and I, and I'm validating what you're experiencing because it's real, um, has, will continue to have ripple effects until my last days. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's so, you keep reminding me that that is, if I were, it, if I were to say what, and if I hope I can say this without crying, like beyond metagration, beyond anything, if I, you know, so deep in my purpose is to bring everyone back to themselves, you know, mm. and to be able to know that you are this unbelievable package of amazingness and all we've got to do is pull off some blankets and a little bit of junk and crust here and there and every single person is amazing yeah what a beautiful way to end um laura it was so wonderful chatting with you i know we're gonna have you back on oh Two more things, and then we were, and then we are letting you go. Um, the first is if you can describe your relationship with money in one word, what would it be? Spider web, spider web. Spider. And I don't web. know. Yeah, I, and that's that would just be intuitive that there is a spider. Yeah, spider web. So, and, um, um, where can people find you? And I can be found at lauragray.com and it's Laura L A U R A, and the gray is spelled G R A Y E. Dot com and uh, Medigration, which is my name in the middle of meditation, M-E-D-I-G-R-A-Y-T-I-O-N, Medigration.com. And I have a YouTube channel as well, Medigration on YouTube, uh, with a lot of free Medigrations and some really cool educations and infogrations, <laughs> all of that. And you also do walking and talking therapy. Oh yeah, I do this really cool. So I am, um, I'm going to be moving to two cities. I live in Boston and I'm moving to Nashville. So I'll be snowboarding at Nashville and Boston. And in Boston, uh, I do something called walk the talk, uh, consciousness one step at a time. And we walk either 3.5 or five miles around the Charles River. And I am actually with the person, with my client, and we, I'm intuiting. I'm also doing a healing to their body as we're walking. Um, and we are talking and bringing a level of consciousness. It's got five different levels and layers um, in this really cool healing experience. Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm in Boston too, so um, I'll be signing up for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be hard to do today. The snow is insane. I know. It's really beautiful though. I, I love it. Yeah. I'm just yep. sitting here looking at it. Um, incredible. Well, it was so lovely chatting with you. We always end every podcast with three things that we're grateful for. Um, you're, we're happy to let you go first, or if you want a little time to think about it, we can, we can go first as well. You guys go first. Okay. AJ, do you, AJ, do you want to go? Um, I'm extremely grateful for you, Laura. Uh, I feel like you, I mean, you've been in my life forever in many, many lifetimes and I just love you to pieces. 
Um, I'm incredibly grateful for um, my course just ended last night. My second course ended and the, the vulnerability in the community was absolutely incredible. I just feel honored, just truly like I cannot believe that they, that it existed. Um, and the third is my, um, I had a delicious blueberry collagen lemon tea and it made me so happy. <laughs> um, and that's my three. Love it. Um, I can go next. So okay. I am extremely grateful for this lovely snowstorm. It makes me feel like I'm inside of a snow globe and it makes me feel like I just want to cuddle up and be cozy and I just love it. And I'm extremely grateful for this conversation. I feel like it was, it just like lit a fire inside of me that I didn't know needed to be lit. So um, Laura, you'll be hearing from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful for my body and the overall health of my body in this really crazy time. And um, yeah, I mean, there's some scary health stuff going on in my family right now. And I'm just grateful that overall I'm extremely healthy. Yeah. I am, gosh, I, <laughs> I am so, I'm just so grateful for life itself. Like I just am so, so grateful for every, every moment. And I am so grateful for every person on earth and all of the incredible ways that we are connected. Every species, every, every just being, every living organism that makes life. Um, that was one. <laughs> <laughs> I am eternally, eternally grateful for my family. Um, I am so, so, so loved by my family and um, so cherished and I love them so much and they are so supportive. They're, we're doing a big caravan moving me from Boston to oh. Nashville and just the love of that. Um, gosh, and I, I mean, it's just, I would go back to just, I'm so thankful for humankind and also for like flowers and trees and everything. Like, like, I just think about, you know, I've got like all these supplements that are made from all these flowers and earth. Like, I just am so thankful to be here. I'm just so grateful to be alive. Oh, oh, I wish we oh, could talk my. for another hour. Laura. It All is day. so wonderful yeah. <laughs> to have you and everybody who's listening. Thank you. Uh, we are everybody's bad with money. This podcast was presented by beyond the green coaching. We have group coaching, private coaching and couples coaching. We offer a course called to heal your relationship with money and become financially free. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and check out our website beyond the Bye everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye.